Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello and welcome. Thanks for being here. My name's Chandra and I'm the host of the Transit Lounge podcast and I'm excited to be here having a chat and that you're here listening. I also want to say a really big woohoo because this is the 50th episode of the podcast and I think it's really important to celebrate mini milestones in any kind of project or thing that you're working on. So I think that I will have a glass of something with bubbles in it to celebrate. Today's episode, other than being the 50th episode, is all about love because this week is Valentine's Day. And although I'm not really a very big fan of Valentine's Day, I never really have been, although it's, I remember having instances where I did receive things and, you know, having that little flutter of, oh, that's nice, but I'm just not a big fan of it because it's just such a commercial event. But I do think that it's a good excuse for us to talk about love in a work context. Now, there's a few angles that I think I want to explore and share with you in this episode so that you can potentially leverage this week's focus on love for your own benefit. Now, a few years ago, when I was in my last uh, sort of corporate job, uh, one of my very fun colleagues, Gina, I don't know if Gina listens to the podcast, but Gina, if you're listening, hello. Anyway, we worked together and got along really well. And I can't remember the specifics of the situation, but at one stage, she uh, left something on my desk. She drew a big red outline of a heart on a piece of A4 paper uh, in big red marker and then wrote in a thick blue marker in the middle of the heart in all capitals, love your work. And she left it on my desk. Now, I don't know what her intention was for leaving that note. And I don't know if she realized the impact that it had on me when I got it. Obviously, it made me smile. I didn't know initially that it was from her, but I got it and it made me smile. And I pinned it up on my desk wall, you know, gray partition y thing. And I had it pinned up there for absolutely ages. And in fact, I am pretty sure that I still have it somewhere in one of my files of things that I like paperwork that I'm keeping. And I might see if I can find it. And if I do, I'll uh, take a photo and, and share it with this episode. Anyway, it occurred to me that her sign, the little note that she left for me, actually had two meanings. It was, I think, from her perspective, an expression of gratitude or appreciation for something that I had potentially done with her or for her. And so her writing that note was her saying that she loved my work and what I'd done for her but internally for me it was also almost a question or a reminder for me 
to love my work. And when I think back, I don't think at that stage I was, I don't know, I probably wasn't necessarily loving my work back then as much as I had in the past or as much as I wanted to, but I wasn't really at that stage about thinking of leaving at at that point. I think I thought it was just a phase I was going through. But the fact that I kept that note back then, keeping in mind it's a standard A4 piece of paper, so it's not like it was some sort of elaborate card or anything like that. So it could have just been a fleeting moment of, you know, me having a smile and then ending up in the bin. But it hung around. I pinned it up. I didn't throw it out. I didn't even throw it out when I moved desks. I didn't throw it out when I quit that job and I left and packed up my whole desk and everything. Uh, And not in any of the multiple times that I have done decluttering, downsizing and cleanups at the home office in the years since then. So if you believe the Marie Kondo KonMari decluttering method, uh, that would suggest that this piece of paper with a hand-drawn heart and three words on it somehow brings me joy and it reminds me to look for love in my work. So it tells me that it must be important to me, that principle or that message must be important to me And I do love my work. I truly, truly do. And I want to keep making that be important to me in the choices that I make and as, as I change and grow. And I also want to keep helping as many people as possible to love their work too. So that's why I do what I do. Now, that probably ended up being a longer story than I thought it would be. But anyway, that I guess is, is linking to how can we be talking about love in a work context because it kind of could seem a bit weird but a question for you when was the last time that you told yourself I love my work have you ever said that Uh, have you said it recently could you imagine saying it now but then also what about when it comes to yourself what about saying I love you to yourself now Another friend of mine, not a work colleague, someone I met through a mastermind that I was a part of a couple of years ago, she asked me in one of our great chats that we have had, she asked me at some point of last year, she said, when was the last time that you told yourself that you love yourself? And I was sort of looking at her and I'm like, hmm. And she said, seriously, whenever you last time you looked in the mirror and said to yourself, I love myself. It was such an interesting question to consider because I really hadn't considered it for a long time, if possibly ever. And it seemed a bit odd to me to tell myself, I love you, but it set me off on a really interesting kind of exploration and a few different experiments, some of which I'll be sharing with you in this episode. And when it comes to the definition of love, I wanted to have a bit of a look at that so we've got some context that we can use through the episode. So dictionary definitions of love, there was two that sort of stood out to me. One was that love is an intense feeling of deep affection or another option that they gave was uh, a great interest or pleasure in something. So they're the two things, so a feeling, intense feeling of deep affection or a great interest or pleasure in something. 
A couple of the definitions also made references to it being something that was unconditional. And it's so interesting, that word and what it can bring up, because it can be a little bit polarising and the question of whether it's real or um, even possible for something to be unconditional love or not. And I know that for myself that I have felt unconditional love from my beautiful furball dog, Tika, and she passed away years ago. And I've got to say that losing her was actually one of the most emotionally devastating times of my life. And I think that's what made me realize how unique that unconditional love actually is. But I guess the question that can create some dissent sometimes is whether unconditional love can in fact exist between humans. And I've had a few interesting chats with a few friends, some of whom argue that all love has some sort of conditions or expectations around it. And so I'm not going to get into that because that is a whole other can of worms. But the purpose of this episode, and I guess in a broader context, this show, is to share ideas with you and insights so that you can explore them and try them on for yourself, for you to experiment and just see what shows up and what you find out, what has value for you. So we'll just run with focusing on the definition uh, around the intense feeling of deep affection or having great interest or pleasure in something with the caveat that unconditional uh, can be an optional extra. So there's two things that I want to explore uh, in this episode. One is around, are you loving your work? And the second part is, are you loving yourself? And the reality is that, you know, there's quite a lot of episodes that explore how you can create change to do work that you love about getting to a point where you decide that it's actually time to do something for work that feels more meaningful to you. And I think that the desire to do this actually stems from a deep desire to actually love yourself and for your work to be a vehicle, a way to express who you are. Now, this possibly sounds a bit sappy or, I don't know, soft or something, but stay with me here. Because if you are someone who wants to manage and redirect your work life to move from what you're doing or you've been doing uh, in the past towards something that feels more aligned and more meaningful to you, then maybe somewhere amongst all of that is actually that this is an urge for self-expression and a sense of satisfaction of, you know, really feeling like you're wanting to be your best in what you're doing and to somehow be feeling like you're making a positive contribution to the world, that what you do actually does matter. And in many ways, contribution is and can be considered an expression of love. So you having the desire to change and then once you've made that change to keep growing and contributing to others through what you do for work, I think that that links to love for yourself and for others. Now, if that's too big of a leap for you, then even you just wanting to do work that you find more interesting or that you would find more enjoyable, I think links to that definition of wanting something 
that you have great interest or pleasure in. So your work is an opportunity for you to show and feel love. I guess that's what I'm suggesting. Okay, so there was definitely a time where I never would have thought that was a sentence that I would say out loud, that your work is an opportunity for you to show and feel love. But this train of thought has kind of led me to consider this. But all right, what about parking the work? What about loving yourself? And I mentioned earlier about Amanda, my friend's comment and question for me. And not long after that, I was listening to a podcast with a guy called James Wedmore and I love his podcast. It's called Mind Your Business. It's very much about the mindset and the internal game of entrepreneurship. And in one of his episodes, he recommended a book that he said had a profound impact on him and it's called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. And it's by a guy called Kamal Ravikant, I think it is, R-A-V-I-K-A-N-T. And at first when I heard that title, I thought that sounds a bit naff, I'm just being honest. And also then when I looked online and I saw the cover image of the book, there's like this silhouette of a, of a man with holding a gun to his head and that does not resonate with me at all. And maybe you're thinking that it sounds a bit naff too. But I really admire James Wedmore and what he's achieved and the type of person that he seems to be. So I thought I would check it out. It's a pretty easy and quick kind of read. It wasn't an expensive um, book to buy. And it was really interesting because it set me up on an interesting experiment that essentially, if I just cut to the chase or the core of it, it was a daily practice of repeating the phrase, I love myself. I know that sounds weird. I'm acknowledging it sounds weird. But the interesting thing for me out of this is that if you truly loved yourself, how would that influence the choices you made each day and collectively across a week and across your life? If you truly loved yourself, how would you talk to yourself with that inner voice? How would you treat your body? How would you spend your time? And it was so interesting. And the book is a little bit more than that, but, uh, you know, that's one of the main takeouts that he recommends. And like a lot of self-improvement concepts, it can sometimes be seen as a little bit weird, but also it can be seen as deceptively simple. And when I tried it on and experimented with it for myself for a little while, I found it surprisingly impactful. And even talking about it now, it reminds me that I've sort of dropped off that practice for a while. So it's a good reminder for me to pick it up again. And maybe that's an experiment that you might want to play with. You know, even if you just say for the next week, I'm just going to repeat as often as I can remember. I'm going to repeat the phrase to yourself silently in your mind or out loud or a combination. I love myself. I love myself. So last thing before you go to bed, just say to yourself, I love myself. I love myself. First thing in the morning, before you get out of bed, I love myself. I love myself. Just try it out and see what happens and how you feel. But if that's a bit too woo-woo for you, no props. I totally get it. There was definitely a time that this would have been a bit too much for me too. And even at first, I found it a bit weird and, and awkward. And when I 
was reading the book and I told Mick this was this experiment that I was going to be doing, I'm sure that he just sort of looked at me and laughed or thought it was some other weird random thing that I was doing. <laughs> so if that is too woo, then what about experimenting with one or a couple of the five love languages? Have you heard of them? That's from a whole other book, um, which is called The Five uh, Love Languages. And there's one that is specifically about the language of the languages of appreciation, I think, which is specifically about in the workplace and how you and your team express and receive appreciation. I'm, I think I might have mentioned it on a previous episode. But anyway, if you want to love your work and you want to love yourself more, either one or both of those, here's some ideas for you. I'm going to tell you what the five love languages are and then give you a few ideas for each of them in the context of your work and the context of you. So the first of the five love languages in no particular order is the first one, quality time. So if we look at that from a work context, then questions for you to consider is do you actually spend dedicated time focused on considering how you could improve or change your work to be something more meaningful and fulfilling? Or do you just sort of fleetingly have a thought about it or you get pissed off about something and you think, this is crap, I'm out of here. And then you just sort of let it go and you continue to just plot along and let life take over. If, if you just have those fleeting thoughts, that's not going to make any kind of change happen, not in any kind of rapid pace anyway. So the question could be, if you wanted to love your work more, could you allocate some time to actually reflect on what you're doing now and what the next five years, 10 years of your work life could look like if it was exactly how you wanted it to be? Could you consider what's actually important to you in the context of your work life? So from a quality time perspective, what about we look at it from the lens of loving yourself? The question here is to consider, do you actually have quality time that's just for you? Whatever it is that you do in or with that time it might be different for different people and at different stages of life and different times. But the question is, do you actually carve out any time that's just for you? Do you prioritize some sort of self-care? Because it's hard to feel loved if you don't have any time for yourself. So that's quality time. The second love language is physical touch. Now, in a work and loving your work context, uh, how does that apply? It's probably best not to go there when you think about uh, prioritizing physical touch in a workplace. But if we look at this less about how you interact with others at work and more about how you interact with and love your work from your own perspective, you could consider if physical touch is important to you, what's the physical impact of your current role on you? Think about the physical space that you actually sit in and what's around you. What are you breathing in? Uh, what do you touch? Is the work environment that you're physically in clean? Does it make you feel good or is it a bit icky? This one's a bit of a tricky one, but for me, when I think about it, in the lead up to me making uh, the last significant change that I made was because I got to a point where I realized it was taking 
too much of a physical toll on my body and my health. So for you, through the lens of physical touch, you could ask yourself, if you loved your work, how would it make you feel physically? What about we apply this to loving yourself? Well, that could go down a interesting conversation if we're thinking about physical touch and loving yourself could go down a different kind of line of uh, thinking and conversation. But if we park that, it could be about you thinking about things like, do you book in massages or facials or some kind of other treatment as part of your self-care? Could it be also about how you feel physically? How do you feel in your body? Are you comfortable in your body and how you move your body? What sort of things do you put on your skin? If physical touch is important to you, then maybe you could more consciously think about how you use your body and how you treat your body. Just something to consider. The third love language is kind words. So kind words in a loving your work perspective. This is about appreciation. So how do you talk about what you do now? When people ask you, what do you do for work or how's work going? What do you say? How do you answer that question? Does it make you feel good or is it kind of a really heavy kind of conversation or does it tend to fairly rapidly get to be just a bit of a whinge? Or do you find yourself sugarcoating and trying to talk up a situation that actually is not that great? So what do you say to yourself and to others about your work life? If you loved your work, What would you be saying and how would you be saying it? With kind words in the context of loving yourself, that's where you just flip it and look at how do you actually talk to yourself? And I'm sure I've probably mentioned in a previous episode the uh, Dove commercial that was done a few years ago that had women um, track a journal of their inner dialogue, of the things that they Um, would say to themselves about themselves and then reflected that language back to them and it was a really impactful and shocking experiment where they realized that they were so harsh on themselves with that internal dialogue they were saying things that they would never dream of saying out loud to anyone else and we often just don't realize how impactful and powerful our inner dialogue is and in fact if we did realize how powerful it was we would never ever say a lot of the stuff that we say to ourselves or about ourselves. You know, just the other day, I caught myself saying something about how stupid I was internally uh, the other day. And it was like, whoa, hey, there's a nasty voice. So if you know that you have an inner mean girl, then perhaps you might want to experiment with becoming a little bit more aware of that inner dialogue or proactively instigate ways and times to say more positive things to yourself to activate a little bit more kindness through the words that you use love language number four is about gifts and gift giving so if you were loving your work what would you give yourself what would you invest in books courses some kind of training working with a coach or a mentor Investing in yourself is absolutely one of the most important things that you can invest in ever. Obviously, that's my opinion, but I truly believe that it is true. And I'm not just saying that because I am a coach and I want you to invest in one of my programs in the future, although that would be great if it was right for you. 
I do truly believe that the more that you invest in yourself, the more that you are going to benefit from it in multiple, often unanticipated ways in your future. So maybe if this is something that appeals to you and you want to up-level your loving your work, maybe you want to buy yourself something that will help you progress in loving your work more. Maybe you could even just start with doing some research around what's out there that you think could potentially help you. What about gifts for loving yourself? Now, this one is either something that people find really, really easy or a really tricky one because some people have no issue whatsoever buying themselves things that they want the instant that they want them. And other people have more of a default mechanism of buying things for other people, buying stuff for everybody else before they even think of buying something for themselves. So which one are you? If there's a spectrum with those two ends, where do you sit on that? What was the last thing that you bought yourself that wasn't a functional kind of required purchase or uh, expense? When was the last time you bought something that brought you some kind of sense of joy or just made you feel good? And it might not even be something that you buy. It could be something that you make or be picking or arranging some flowers from your garden or whatever it is that brings you joy. If you loved yourself, what gifts would you give yourself? And love language number five is acts of service. So this is where you do something, a task, a process, some kind of action that shows that you care. And in life and in partnerships and home life, often it's things like doing the dishes, hanging out the washing, taking the bins out, things like that. Mixed great at acts of service for sure. But in the context of loving your work, what's an action or task that would show you that you are actually prioritizing and that you do actually care about this part of your life, what it is that you do for work? So do you need to or want to update your CV? Do you need to refresh or update your LinkedIn profile? Do you need to or want to brainstorm a list of industries or brands that you might like to work for one day? If you were acting in service of improving your relationship to your work, what could you do? And what about acts of service to show that you love yourself? This is a bit weird and a bit awkward, but I uh, sometimes... I, I have realized that I just leave it too long between cutting my nails, either my fingernails or my toenails. Sometimes it can get to the point where my nails are getting long and they get really awkward when I'm typing on the keyboard or those kinds of things. Or you know, my, my feet actually get a bit uncomfortable because you know one of my nails is digging into my toe or something. I know it probably sounds a bit gross. I don't know why. But I just don't prioritize it sometimes. And yet when I do actually cut my nails, it feels so much better. <laughs> so with acts of service, what about you? What are the things that either you leave too long that you don't do that sort of inadvertently send a message that you're not important? What are some acts of service that you could do that would show that you do love yourself, that you do have a level of self-care? I probably regard my daily meditation practice as an act of service to myself. It could probably overlap a little bit with quality time. But what about for you? What are the acts of service, the actions and the tasks that show you that you're prioritizing 
yourself and that you do love yourself? Is that about exercising? Is it about decluttering your wardrobe? What's something that you could up level in the realm of acts of service to show yourself that you do actually care about and love yourself? Wow, so this sort of went a little bit longer and on a bit of an interesting direction, but hopefully it gives you some ideas about how you can leverage this week's love vibes and direct it towards yourself around what you do for work and what you do for yourself. So maybe you could just choose one of the ideas that uh, I mentioned in the episode and, and just experiment with it this week. Just see how it goes. No judgment, just play the game of I'm just going to experiment with this, you know, this internal mantra or one of the other actions that we talked about through the five love languages. I would love for you to do a little experiment and I would love for you to let me know what you think and what you decide to do. So come and say hi in the Facebook group. Let me know what you've been experimenting with. I would love that. Oh, there's been lots of love in this episode, but I want you to have a great week filled with love in all its forms. See you next week. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.